Welcome to Return to Oz Minute, the podcast that analyzes the 1985 film Return to Oz one minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Mike Carlucci. And today we are talking about Minute 4. I will summarize quickly, but we've had a lot of off-mic revelations watching this minute. And also uh, blew Mike's mind about something in the last minute. So really quickly to summarize... Minute four begins with Dorothy lying back down in bed, still awake, and it ends with a chicken named Belina pecking at something in the grass at her feet. In between, we meet this new character, Belina, who is a chicken, apparently the only brown chicken at the Gale Farm, and we watch Dorothy fertility shame her as they look for an egg that apparently Belina was supposed to lay and hasn't. So, backtracking a little bit, last minute, Dorothy saw a shooting star through her window. She woke up Toto to tell him, or her, depending on how you define Toto, all about it. And Mike realized something that in all the years of this being his favorite movie and him getting so many people to watch it, he had never noticed. The first... The first time when we see Dorothy, well, I guess when Dorothy sees the shooting star, she's looking at the reflection of the shooting star in the mirror, and then she turns and looks out the window at the night sky. And that's when she tells Toto. It sounds kind of anticlimactic now that we're actually recording it, but it was very exciting to hear you realize that and to confirm it for you. <laughs> oh. And then... Oh, I had always assumed she was looking out the window and the, watching it one... See, the benefits, one minute at a time, I could actually see that uh, turns out it was the mirror all along. The mirror all along. I love actually... I know it's usually annoying when emergency vehicles go by when you're recording a podcast, but that timing kind of worked <laughs> for your big revelation and then sirens appear in the background. Breaking. If only be- yes, if only been a klaxon growing off, it would have been even better. Um, so as I mentioned in the summary, we meet Belina the Chicken, one of my favorite characters of all time. She is the only brown chicken. All the others that we see are white. And I'm pretty sure that's consistent for the whole film. At least in this minute, it definitely is the case. So an interesting point there. Uh, Back to the script. Uh, Belina is described uh, uh, as a yellow Plymouth rock in a flock of white leghorns. Because she's special. (laughs) Yes. Um, Belina doesn't have a lot to do in this minute. As you can tell from my excited voice, she is going to have a lot more once the story progresses a bit. Uh, in this minute, Dorothy goes up to Belina, asks if she's laid her egg, and starts searching for it in the barn, in the hen house. Uh, we were noticing some things on the farm that we will get to see more of in later minutes but I don't want to spoil anything. I'm more traumatized that we see the outside of this house. So I feel like we should have had your brother Nate on for this minute. 
That's not how you build a house. You don't build half of it. Like, it, it's built sideways. The right side of this house is done as if it's totally finished and ready to go. And the left side is still a frame. Yeah, I've, I've seen houses constructed, you know, nearby. I've seen it. Yeah, you build the first the first floor and then you go up. Or if you frame the whole house, you frame the whole house first and then you put in floors and walls and yeah I, mm, this really bugs me <laughs> um i mean i suppose for the sake of being thorough we should say yeah yeah we also see a barn which i'm kind of annoyed by this barn which looks like it's been burnt and that's not how barns get damaged by tornadoes it should just be gone right why is there a burnt-out barn on this farm? Plus, we see we, we see half a house. We see the barn. Uh, we see a lot of chickens next to that barn. Then we see the where Dorothy is and Belina. And then to the right of that, it looks like another another barn. I mean, I remember from the first movie there were definitely multiple buildings. And it makes sense because it seemed like, oh, well, that ties in perfectly with my note that this looks like it's in the middle of nowhere. But in the 1939 film, which supposedly only took place six months ago, they were part of like a thriving farming community, I thought. I mean, yeah, they weren't in the middle of a town, but they had neighbors. There were many buildings. There were tons of people around. This is an empty field. There were mailboxes. It was a large enough area that uh, the wizard, as such, uh, mm -hmm. he set up shop to just attract customers. No one would. No one would come here. No. No sand crawler full of droids is gonna stop at this house. <laughs> trying to make a Star Wars reference every minute because I think we're on track. <laughs> I mean, it's um, a young a, a young a younger person. Dorothy is younger than Luke uh, but mm -hmm. raised by a supposed aunt and uncle. Who maybe aren't her aunt and uncle folks. Uh, you know, has access to uh, mystical energies of sorts. Goes on a journey. I mean, it's. Thank you, Mr. Lucas. I love our podcast so much. <laughs> I'm just gonna need a moment. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So, one of my favorite live-action Disney movies is now blatantly just a. Kansas 1899 retelling of my favorite live action now Disney movie. Cool, 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 cool. This is fine. Yes, yes. I am now all on board for Dorothy being on this farm in the middle of nowhere with her aunt and uncle. I, I want this to keep going. Is Belina C-3PO? Or have the droids not shown up yet? <laughs> what, what's going on? No, Belina, Belina is R2-D2. 
Because she's cooler than 3PO. I see. I see. Well, no, because as we as we find out, Belina has a little more to play in the plot and the the traveling giving her the R2-D2 role. Uh, yeah. If any of our listeners are amazing artists, a.k.a. better than me, a.k.a. that's not hard, let's see some Belina R2 fan art. You will make my day. I am so on board with this theory. Okay. I am now totally over the fact of being angry that that's not how you build a house, but I'm sorry, we get two very clear shots of it. Well, we see it get a very clear shot of it at night, right after she lies back down, kind of to go to bed, but not really, because we know she's just going to lie there awake from everything Aunt Emma's been saying. For the last six months. we also see it, yes, yes, apparently she hasn't slept in six months. I think that's a slight exaggeration, but... She is doing chores around the farm the next day. So hopefully she's gotten at least a little nap in there somewhere. But yeah, we then see the house again in daylight. And I'm sorry, I'm just still stuck on this. I mean, granted, I've never built a house. But like you said, I've seen them. I've helped redo houses that have been previously built. And I've seen... Oh, I don't know, the scene in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers where they build a house. Yeah, this ain't how you do it, folks. Why is there siding on half of it when the other half is still just the frame? Uh, Slightly in the future, we find out that uh, Uncle Henry has been trying to get the house finished before winter. Uh, So you you can see that maybe it would be part done before this before it stalled out, but you would think maybe he would do the whole first floor. Uh, and at, at the yeah. and at the end of the movie, we find out that Dorothy's room is on the second floor. Now the second floor is partially finished, but as we saw, Aunt Em walks directly from uh, Dorothy's room into the kitchen, unless all of that is taking place on the second floor. Uh, Which did yeah. Which I think at the end, she's in the kitchen and she calls upstairs to Dorothy. I won't know for many minutes, folks. But if you keep listening to this podcast, remind me to look for that at the end. Because I'm fairly certain we see Aunt Em in a kitchen and then going upstairs to Dorothy's room. Which looks nothing like the room she had in the opening scene. I'm now also looking at the farm and... This is definitely not the farm from the first movie. There's no road. It's literally just in a sea of green. Also, is that what Kansas looks like in October? Do any of the uh, movie makers who live in Kansas listen to our podcast? Because I don't know very much about that state, but a verdant field in late October is not what I pictured. Well, according to uh, according to WeatherSpark... The average temperature in Wichita uh, in October ranges from 77 to 64, rarely exceeding 88 or dropping below 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I think it's also bothering me that there is no farm to this farm. 
when they show the wide shot, there are no planted fields. I don't think we see anything growing. And no other animals besides chickens. Chickens. It's, it's a high-protein diet. <laughs> Mostly egg. Mm-hmm. I guess so. This is not... And I, I made a joke. Dorothy is giving Belina a lot of flack about not laying an egg. This is, this is some, this is some fertility shaming going on here. You leave Belina alone. Sometimes older female chickens maybe have trouble having kids. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Dorothy realizes what's going on. All the animals are gone. The crops are gone. If these chickens <laughs> don't start laying eggs, she's with, uh, you know, she's with her aunt and uncle. What what are they gonna do? They they need they need these eggs. That's all they've got left. You know how we joked last week that we were making an already bleak movie darker by positing that you know she's not actually related. Her parents abandoned her. Her parents are dead. We had a lot of questions about Dorothy's lineage. When you said she's there with her aunt and uncle, something about the way you said that made me think the next words out of your mouth were going to be some theory about how she would have to eat her aunt and uncle to survive if they didn't start laying eggs. I would like to apologize for my brain that I don't know why it went there. <laughs> but I absolutely thought you were about to propose cannibalism on this show. Whoa. <laughs> no. Uh, um, it's... They have eggs. They're not that far from town. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They... Well, they are ways. But they weren't in the... Uh... And there was fencing. I distinctly remember a fence being involved in the original movie. Mailboxes? Yeah, there's none of that. Dorothy had a bicycle, and she could just cruise through town, seeing the neighbors... Good and bad. Yeah. yeah. This is... this The thriving farming community is gone, and I don't think that can just be blamed on a tornado. Since there is no evidence that any of that existed. And yes, that barn should definitely be gone. That is not what tornado damage would do to a barn. And if it already looked like that, the tornado should absolutely have been able to sweep it away. Well, we know from Twister that tornadoes can be pinpoint accurate. They go to this house. They spare this house and this house and this house and they come after you. Welcome to Twister Minute. <laughs> I'm your host wannabe Helen Hunt. <laughs> Her name was Joe in that movie, not that I know that. All right, anyway, moving on. It's a great movie. Highly recommend it. Yes, yes. Definitely one of my favorite. Man, you know, oh, just to keep us off topic for a minute, between Joe and Twister and Ellie and Jurassic Park, we got some really good female badasses in the mid-90s. So, you know, I, I know I kind of complained about the drop-off in creepy kids' movie quality after the mid-80s when grown-ups started thinking, hey, maybe this is kind of scary for kids. And some of us 
were totally on board for that and loved it. But those sorts of movies kind of stopped being made. But we did get the action-adventure movies of the mid-90s. So I guess it was just a trade-off. I'll take it. Thank you for going with me on that tangent. I am now very happy thinking of how many good movies have been in my lifetime. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, Dorothy Gale isn't really a heroine the way Joe and Twister is. She's also like nine. I'm... Hopefully that's it. I mean, she's a pretty good protagonist. Not in this minute. I think she's kind of mean in this minute. Belina's doing the best she can. She looks very concerned. When Dorothy's rummaging in the hay, she kind of like looks down at the hole. I don't know. And at the end of the minute, she is pecking at something. So she's trying to contribute. She's doing her best. That's where this minute ends, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. What were you going to say? She is only a chicken. There's, there's a limit to what she can do. You say that now. You just wait, sir. You just wait. So about half, there is one more part of this minute. About halfway through, almost exactly the 30 second mark, uh, we see Dorothy holding Belina. And she's next to an axe stuck in a tree trunk. I mean, it's an Oz movie. We've only seen one character with an axe. What does this mean? I like it. That looks very ominous when it is frozen. With the young child walking by the axe stuck in a tree stump. With a chicken? Perhaps to... Oh, no! <laughs> oh. So, uh, once again, time for Tierney to overshare. So, the house that I grew up in was actually built by my great-grandmother's sister's husband's family in 1922. And when she moved in and was the matriarch of the family... She kept chickens in the backyard, and my mom's garden actually is where it is because the flowers bloom the best there, because the soil is super nutrient-rich, because that's where she'd kill the chickens. Because it was the 20s and 30s, and that's a thing that used to happen on the regular in my backyard, and that's very creepy to learn as a small child, but maybe that's why I have such strong feelings about Belina, and I am such a Belina defender. I'm just trying to make it up to chickens as a whole on behalf of my family lineage. <laughs> I think this minute does a really good job. We mentioned, I can't imagine who doesn't know this, but just in case you didn't know, in the 1939, The Wizard of Oz, Kansas is in black and white, only Oz is in color. Here, everything's in color, but this minute does a really good job of, it's all kind of washed out though. Yeah. We, we get that really green of the field of the house in isolation. But when we see Dorothy walking around the farm, it's all brown, beige. It's just very bland. Yeah, the only real point of color is Belina. 
because she's the best. <laughs> Even Toto. Toto, like, blends into the ground when he's trying to chase the chickens. I keep wanting to call Toto a girl because I, I would want to double check this, but I am fairly certain that every time I've seen Toto on screen, it has been a female dog playing Toto. So I play with pronouns a little bit with Toto. But yeah, Toto, this border terrier almost disappears into the background. It's so cute, even if it's being a little mean to the chickens. It's probably Toto's job on the farm. I mean, someone's got to be pulling their weight here managing things. <laughs> Toto is actually the hero of this movie. <laughs> Toto is actually Garnet. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to like come up with something where Toto doesn't wants to help out, but doesn't want Auntie M and Uncle Henry to know that he actually can read and write and is an heir to a fortune that can help them. Nope, nope, this has gone off the rails. Never mind. Um, Much better to... Go ahead. Welcome to Wishbone Minute. <laughs> I didn't watch Wishbone growing up, but I feel like Toto would enjoy watching some of those episodes. Because it was all different stories, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. So I can picture the little, like, novelization covers of it. <laughs> yes. Wishbone's The Time Machine. It's pretty good. Check that out. I was very jealous. I was talking to someone who was talking about reading Return to Oz when he was growing up. And I was like, well, you know, not to well actually you, but, and I adjusted my glasses as you do. And then I said, actually, Return to Oz is based on two different books that Frank L. Frank Baum wrote. And he, he was like, no, I had the novelization of the movie. That was the thing. So no, I totally want to find the novelization that they made of this movie that he was reading. Oh, I didn't know there was one. Although it, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I know there was a recording, one of those read-along books, back when you got the turn-the-page books, and it was an actual record, like a 45. I know I've seen that before. But I have not seen just a straight-up novelization. We'll have to get into, I was looking online when I was trying to do research for this podcast. There are some great toys and tie-ins. I just assumed that because this movie didn't do very well and Disney was not in its best place in the mid-80s, that this movie didn't have much marketing, many tie-ins. And the more I looked online, I found some really cool stuff that I hadn't known existed. So if we ever want to start a Patreon so people can give me money so I can buy cool old Return to Oz stuff on eBay, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that's where we're going to go with this podcast, but I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have thoughts on this minute or things that you want us to talk more or theories you want us to never mention again because they are traumatizing you, 
let us know. We have a listener society on Facebook. If you search for Return to Oz Minute, join us on the flying sofa. We also have the website, weogtiogpog.com, and we're on Twitter at Oz Minute. Or if you can't spell that, return to Oz. Return to Oz Minute.com. I just, I would love to see some of these different combinations, but I actually should be careful telling people to put things into their browser when I don't know where it will take them. Yes, return to OzMinute.com. We'll get you to our website and we will have more episodes coming for you. They're posted on our website and you can also find them in iTunes and I assume other podcast finder places i i've sold my soul to apple so i don't know about those itunes google play potentially wherever great rss is found woohoo i like that great rss uh so we will stop being a great rss for today and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow you want to start us off this time weog teog piog piog